You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. We're going to jump right into the show and we're going to start with the NBA. As you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, who we were very, very excited to have um, come to the Nets, announced this week that he will be retiring. I believe in like the initial announcement, he may have been experiencing like some irregular heartbeats for a while, and he just didn't feel comfortable um, continuing to play like that. And so I definitely respect that decision when it comes to health like I don't care if it's my team or not I kind of feel like you need the discretion to say that I shouldn't be doing this anymore but the bigger conceptual question I have for the guys is what impact do you think this will have on the Brooklyn Nets as long as KD as long as KD and long as KD is on the team they'll be fine the um, the Marcus you know, congratulations. Um, and when I say congratulations, it's very hard to move, remove yourself from something you love. And to take that initial step is the, one of the bravest things you could do. And, you know, all the best to you. And um, thank you for choosing the Brooklyn Nets to, you know, be a part of that team because you could easily chose any other team. So we thank you for that. But as long as KD is playing, KD, who well, the other person on the floor, they're fine. I believe in KD. The Nets are fine. Uh, and I know the 76ers were mad that they didn't get the full lineup because um, the coach did not want to show his hand. All right. So guess what? You just have to wait for the playoff to see the full strength of the Brooklyn Nets. Just watch the tapes. Don't worry. I'm going to have no worries whatsoever. I'm good. I don't know how uh, we got into this, but um, I think that, you know, it's tough to see um, – someone like LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, you know, granted he's in the twilight of his career. So, you know, he's not LaMarcus Aldridge from Portland and he's not LaMarcus Aldridge when he first got to the Spurs, but it's, it's, it's sad to see him go. Uh, I, I mean, just based upon what Andre Drummond was doing to him uh, <laughs> last week, I don't think it's going to affect the, the Nets championship aspirations all that much. Um, but um, had, happy he, he, you know, was able to be fine, but transitioning in his career, hopefully he can get a broadcasting job or, or something of that nature so he can stay around the game. I, I don't think it would affect them too much, but I do think it can affect the Brooklyn Nets from having a big who can score, at least in the post. Um, because that's honestly the one thing that the Nets uh, lack. I mean, you got KD, but KD is not a five. He's not a real five. I mean, maybe in this league, but in the league now, but in the league of road, he's, he's not a traditional five. Um, especially like when you have a person like Marcus, when you see a guy who can turn over the left shoulder, the right shoulder, pick and pop, like he started expanding his game, especially being in the league as long as he's had, I think almost 15 years now. Um, 
to walk away from a game that you've dedicated your the majority of your life to is is something that uh it's hard to do and i'm i'm kind of glad he's at peace with that um especially when it comes to like a regular heartbeats um so that my, my nephew had a heart surgery years ago so like whenever i heard a regular heartbeats i instantly thought of the heart murmur procedure that he had on on him so that's something that you kind of don't want to play about and then the fact that he's had that for all these years and you know, as you start to get older in age, you kind of get concerned about your know, health as well. It's like my family is all that I have. So I'm glad that he's he's made this decision and that he can continue to spend it with his family. Uh, but overall, um, I don't think it'll affect him as much. I'm just wondering how uh, having a big who can at least like score consistently at will um, will affect him moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And and I think I'm I'm kind of more leaning on the side, kind of what Phil said. Like if we have a healthy Katie, Kyrie, Harden, um, you know, even though our bench is still sketchy sometimes, sometimes they play good. I, I like I don't see this being like, oh my gosh, like Brooklyn is just gonna fall apart in the playoffs, right? Like, do we want his body? Yes. And even though he's at the tail end, well, now he's at the end, but even though he was at the tail end of his career, I feel like he's still putting up decent numbers. Um, I think he was averaging maybe like 13 points a game or something like that. Um, his presence was definitely felt for the few games that he played on Brooklyn. Um, and so there'll be some impact, but I think they'll be fine. My question is, what do they do at this point? Like, I mean, they can't get anyone else at this juncture, right? Like everything is done, right? I mean, you can't add anyone to your playoff roster. So, I mean, it, 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 at this it's point, done. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but to be correction, uh, Phil didn't say as long as you have KD, Kyrie, and and James. He said oh, he did. KD, KD, and KD. Oh, then okay. I said other and with the other two combinations, fine. Long as they have, I prefer KD and James Harden, but I'm not. Long's KD is there, and the other other one or two are there. We're good. All right, that's what I'm saying. So, but I do think I mean here's one thing that matters for Brooklyn. You have to get them all on the court at least get some synergy towards the end of the season. Agree, agree. Uh, because agree. W- watching that Brooklyn Sixers game on Wednesday. One thing that uh, I noticed is that the ball was moving well uh, with Kyrie and the role players. Um, but with Katie, Harden, and Kyrie on the court, the ball may not move as well. Kyrie can at times be a ball stopper, and so can James Harden be a ball stopper. And so I'd be interested to see how they make it all work together. I'm not saying they can't, but you want them to get some some time together on the court because the playoffs is a different level of basketball. And here's, right. the, and here's the thing I want to add. We have, I'm not worried about Harden. Harden average practically double digits assists. He's a double-double in assists. Mm-hmm. So he, he's willing to get that ball out the hand and put you in position because he knows he works, it works for him. The more you think about the other players, he's able to score. Two, playoffs slows down. 
that's when they become more dangerous. When the game slows down, they are half-court team. They could run, but they're more lethal as a half-court team. What you gonna do? You can't play double team. You can't send a double. You can't. You can. You can't send a triple. You have to go one on one, literally, with everyone on the floor. So I'm not worried about them during the playoff. And James and um and KD played together before, and so I think with James' mindset, um, James Harden' mindset is as a guard is to pass, and he averaged double digits assists. So I'm not worried about that. So I mean, I think you have to be understand some things like LeBron gets a lot of assists, but LeBron's still a ball stopper. So just because you get assists doesn't mean the ball is going to move. It just means AI get a lot of assists because AI will give it to Sam and Dallin at the last second. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's dunk. So um, I would just say they're, they're going to have to work out some kinks and the playoffs will, you don't want them to work out in the playoffs. You want to work it out before they get there. I agree. I agree. Well, we will wait and see, um, you know, how this all plays out. So let's transition and let's head to the NCAA. Um, recently, Eddie George um, is now the head coach of Tennessee State University. It was really good to see another uh, Black coach um, kind of embodying these major roles. But my question to the guys is, what impact do you think having former in this case, former um, former athletes, former professional athletes coaching these NCAA teams. Do you think it makes a difference? Do you think um, it could potentially elevate the program? Like, what are your thoughts surrounding that? And what has history shown us about athletes that have stepped into that role? I think, um, I mean, it can be good. It can backfire. I mean, I don't know if I want MJ to be a coach. I don't, I don't know if I want AI to be a coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, their background is different. So the one thing that's good with Dion, Dion's been coaching. Right. And Dion has been a face around the NFL, even past his playing days. Eddie George, I wonder how many people still know Eddie George. Eddie George is a, a guy to Philly, I believe. Um, but... Eddie George's best years were I was in middle school. So the guys coming up may not even know who he is. He he hasn't had a track record with coaching. Um, and so hopefully it works well, but he's going to have to get some really good assistance around him. Yeah, uh, I agree. And I was just looking at the list. And I didn't know Mark Price was the coach down here for the 49ers. So we have a lot of former players like um, Dan Marley. Um, Reggie Thias, uh, Bobby Hurley, um, Kelly Oley, Kevin Oley, and UConn Husky. There's a lot of former players, and it, this program seems to have a, a little uplifting. It is even, think of Penny Hardway. These players who's, who are participating for, uh, uh, these players who are now head coaches have a grip on these young kids. They could easily say, hey, you know what? I was in a professional athlete. This is what it took to get there. I can help you get there. And then that's a draw. So it's a smart thing to do to get former athletes because people tend to listen to former athletes. You know, even when we had, um, when Kelvin was here training our, um, Evan and I kids, our kids were at awe to see all the skills and he did everything effortlessly. You know, the ball looked like a grape in his hand and he was moving through and the kids were excited because they saw 
they they're learning from someone who's gone to one of the top levels or trained to the top level. And I think these it's the smartest things to do. Not saying you don't always have to play the sport to the professional level to teach, because you know we have you know other uh, athletes of uh, non-athletes who coach who know those games that in and out. But I think it's a better fit, and it gives these um, professional athletes a, a better avenue to to translate their their talent to the younger um, younger students or younger kids. So I think it's a great thing. Um, but you, we like Vasa said, like Evan said. You can't, you have to make sure you pick the right person, right? Not everyone is meant to be a coach. So as long as they're doing the due diligence, not only hiring based upon name, but also upon skills or the ability to communicate, I'm all for it. The good thing about it, um, of course, I agree with you all. Um, The good thing about it is a lot of those former athletes who want to be coaches, they want to coach. So, like, I know there's a lot of, like, former players who would say, I can't coach because I would coach them, like, the way that I played, and I'm sure they wouldn't buy into that. Mm -hmm. So, like, as you mentioned, like, even, like, some of those players who are head coaches now in the collegiate level, um, sometimes they just couldn't get a break in the the NBA. So, like, example, like, you mentioned Mark Priceville. He used to be an assistant for the Hornets on Steve Clifford's staff. Um, you also think about uh, Patrick Ewing. He was on the same bench along with Mark Price waiting for his break. So I think oftentimes, like when some of these athletes go back, um, for one, of course, they want to coach. They want to coach. They want their break. Sometimes they may use that as an avenue to get to higher places. Like, of course, when we think of like the Hubert Davis situation, he's a former player. So a former player in the league, a former player in North Carolina. Now you're looking at uh, Arizona. Um, They're looking for a new head coach. And um, people think Gilbert Arena should be a coach. But Gilbert Arena says, I'm not coaching like grown men. Nah. (laughs) He's he's preferred to like coach like uh, pretty much like adolescent age. Now, when it comes to Eddie George, like when – how Evan mentioned, like, I don't know if some of these players, especially today, unless you're just from the area, would know who Eddie George is. Because mm-hmm. Eddie George, all I think about is Steve McNair, Eddie George, Javon Curse. Like, mm-hmm. that was that era. And then, like, later on, it was just uh, Vince Young, Chris Johnson. And then it's like, now you have Derrick Henry. So, I think, of course, like like Phil said, like whenever you have like some of these players, especially like if they're well known in the community, I think that would have a bit more of an impact because you never know. Maybe their parents probably pulled out tape on them that they never seen. I mean, YouTube has been around for so long. So I think a lot of these former players um, that are willing to coach and want to help these uh, student athletes succeed. Um, they can definitely get them to those places because they know what it takes. Although things have changed since some of these players have played, but they still have the resources that they need to help them be successful moving forward in whatever career that they want to go into. Mm. I, I agree with what you guys said. I think it's just a luck of the draw and we'll see what happens. Hopefully they don't roast Eddie George when he loses a game like they roasted my poor prom time a few weeks ago, but 
we'll see. Who knows? All right, let's transition and go to the NFL, even though we're talking about <laughs> an NCAA talent type team. Well, I guess prior to last season, um, the Browns, they were able to acquire um, Jadavion Clowney. And the question for the guys is whether or not they will take over the AFC North. I'll just start and say that the word takeover and Cleveland Browns just don't go together in any sentence. Um, but I'm curious to see what the guys have to say about that. I guess it makes sense for me to go first since I'm a Steelers fan, right? Um, take over? Absolutely not. Competitive? Yes. Now, granted, my squad, we have our needs. Uh <laughs> The funny thing about the signing is we need some offensive linemen. <laughs> That's the funny thing about it. But um, I think he will. I think Jadavion will make an impact um, with the Browns. Um, you got another. I don't. Jadavion is not an average player. He's a, above average. He may not have the numbers to show it, but his impact is always being made wherever he goes. And hopefully he stays healthy. Um he would definitely be an impact for them, especially when you have Miles Garrett on the other side. So now you're not really going to have as many double teams when it comes to those passing situations. Um, but also the Browns, if they don't do what they replicated when OBJ went down last year, they're going to be back in the mud as usual. Baker Mayfield, he's still going to have to make a step to continue to do what he did on the back end of the season. Um, but with Jadavion, I don't think he helps them get over the top or moves the needle, but he does make them competitive. You are crazy. I'm sorry, Dan, you were saying something? No, I was going to ask Alan, wasn't Clowney like a pro bowler a few seasons? Yes. Like was. early in his career? Uh, I'm gonna have to fact check that, but he's only has uh, like 32 sacks in all the years that he's played so far. So, okay. I'm gonna say, Steelers, deal with your quarterback situation. <laughs> all right. So, who do they leapfrog? I believe they leapfrog Cincinnati Bengals, right? You're already above them. <laughs> I know, but they leapfrog them. I believe the Cleveland Browns leapfrog Pittsburgh. So with this signing, I think them and the Baltimore and all Lamar has to do is throw the ball. They'll run it 55 times a game. Throw it an extra couple more times. You know, you know, you know, the little balance and don't wave off your receiver to run the ball. Throw that ball. I think the Cleveland to me is more complete team. I think they're a more complete team. So I think this sign does help them. They got an edge rusher, right? A pro ball edge rusher, rusher, which will help them. So I definitely think this is a plus for them. Uh, so I'm going to say the North, be careful. The Browns is for real. They turned this around. The Browns are for real. I mean, I think the question is not, did they get better? I mean, obviously they got better with the sign. The question is, are they going to run the division? Are they going to be the New England Patriots in the AFC East? Are they going to be um, the, the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West? 
or uh, the Giants in the NFC. Oh, please, let's, let's not lie to ourselves. Okay, okay, fine. I tried. I tried. Ourselves. Our division is bad all around. We haven't had anyone run the, our division probably since the Eagles during that early, the early McNabb years. Other than that, there's been no one who's consistently owned the division every That's year. True. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the thing with football is we've seen the Browns one year. The question is, can they reduplicate that success? If they can reduplicate that success, then yes. I mean, we know offensively they have all the pieces they need. Defensively, they've been strong. Um, the question is, can the Ravens and uh, continue to be dominant? Can um, Lamar Jackson return to MVP form? Uh, the question is, I think I think Pittsburgh right now is on decline. They're going to have to find a quarterback. They're going to have to get, get younger. Um, JJ Suster Smith, he left this all season, right? Okay, no, he's, oh, he's back on a one year deal. Back on one year deal, okay. But he's inconsistent, even even though you want to include him. So maybe it's we'll see. I think they are more inclined, but I mean, I still think you got to deal with Baltimore, and Baltimore is always is going to be tough for for years to come. I'm sorry, Dan. I just want to say, Miles Garrett and Clowney. Come on, Miles Garrett and Clowney. They're going to get to Lamar, all right? Or they're going to contain Lamar, and he's going to have to throw that ball. Well, I'm telling is, you. The thing is, to control uh, someone like Lamar, it's not about the edge rushers. It's about your interior rushers. So edge rushers get beat by guys like Lamar all the time because you have to get the defensive tackles need to get in his face, and then the edge rushers need to contain on the outside. So the qu- the real question for Lamar is how good the DT- DTs and they just let go of Sheldon Jackson, right? Sheldon, um, can't remember his name. Sheldon something for the Browns. So I'll just say I agree with everyone. Obviously, this team got better, um, and I did confirm that he was a multi multi time Pro Bowler in Houston. So we're, we're definitely not talking about some Joe Smo coming off the street. My question to the guys, though, is what we have seen from the Browns this season, um, this past season, which, you know, coming from what they were years before, it was amazing. Do we think that if Clowney was on this year's team, are, are we looking at a different outcome or the same thing happens? Same thing. Okay. You you need you need Baker Mayfield to take a leap to become mm-hmm. a dominant clutch performer because what cost them against 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 um the Chiefs was you gotta be clutch. They, yeah. they did some dumb things, they didn't didn't finish the job. Man, look, their coaching coaching is the reason why they lost that Chiefs game because they threw the ball and you got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield. And once they got that turnover, I said, look, we're going to expect a lot of them because they've been gashing them on a few occasions and they didn't touch the ball until like second, third down. And I was like, see, this is like, Baker Mayfield has has taken a, it's taken like a small lead, but you got a rod who's hot. Like he made some throws, but really like, your running game opens up everything for him. So you really have to like ride out those workhorses. And 
really as long I feel like as long as they have a consistent running game the the game will become easier for Baker Mayfield like don't expect him to be Patrick Mahomes or um, like Sean Watson or Russell Wilson or whoever like no you don't need that for him you have the pieces around him you just have to be able to utilize them in ways to where you don't have Baker Mayfield thrown into tight windows see I would have said they would probably have a I think they were 11 and 5, 11 and 11 and 5 last season and they won their game against they won the game against Pittsburgh. They lost against the Kansas City Chiefs. Would with Clowney would they have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs? No. <laughs> they haven't. So well, I would say they would have been better or just based upon their regular season, but based upon the same opponents it would have been the same outcome outcome. So but so and that said I think next season is it's a give them a whole new chance, a new opportunity, and I think they're going to be a really a better team. They are going to be a better team with Clowney. And but only thing is, like you said, Baker has to make those you know those short pass, accurate pass, and it's going to be. I'm not worried about the defense. The defense was was stellar last year. Um, this year, I expect it to be even better. The offense have to score consistently, and I don't think OBJ is going to be there next year. I think they might trade him, you know, um, and try to get some other pieces. So we'll see. Okay. All right. Well, let's transition um, into more NFL news this week. So Aaron Donald, defensive tackle for the Rams, was accused of assaulting um, this man, um, you know, outside, I believe, of a club, bar, whatever the case may be. And there was this whole big thing about this potential assault um against this citizen and what people have to understand assault charges are kind of what they are like they're pretty run of the mill in the legal field but once you put a professional athlete that has size and strength <laughs> um it actually becomes a much bigger deal and so it was all in the headlines this week only for yesterday this accuser was like oh my bad uh I made a mistake it wasn't Aaron Donald I apologize and I want to know how the guys feel about this I feel super strongly about this I guess I'll start and then I'll throw it to the guys so here's the thing it's what two o'clock three o'clock in the morning everybody's drunk you get into an altercation there were multiple bodies um, around, uh, what's interesting about this altercation is I believe the guy hit Donald first, like he started this and of all the people that was out there, I feel like he really don't know what happened, but he looked for the man with the deepest pockets, right? The NFL player who makes millions a year or, or whatever. I don't know what his salary is. I assume it's millions a year. And you pick this black man um, out of this scuffle, you go full forward, you have your attorney making these statements, and then you change your story after the video surveillance um, is made public and you realize that it wasn't him. So my question is, you and your attorney didn't watch this before? Like, I am so sick and tired of, of society and people using black men as punching bags. It's like, you wanted some money. He was the only person that had money, but this is very impactful on an NFL player's career. 
You know what I'm saying? Like even what the reputation, because even though he apologized, even though the video shows different, I feel like people were probably like, here go another black man acting up again. I'm so sick of this. So I'm gonna throw it to the guys. What are your guys' thoughts about this? Well, at least he, uh, at least he walked his statement back, said to take it all the way to court, wasting, wasting court freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he probably realized like, there's no way I can win this. This once this video comes out, I'm yeah. done. So, yeah. in this era, everything is recorded. Right. Everything. Like you think if there's a big brawl outside that no one is recording it at all. And first and foremost, when I saw first saw the report. I was like, Aaron Donald, I said, there's no way. I said, Aaron Donald is probably the most level-headed person like we've ever seen at his size with his strength mm-hmm. and speed. You really think that you about to fight him of all people, a D-tackle with crazy hands? Like, nah, bro, like not even. Like, I'm glad he rejected these statements because it was about to look ugly for him like later on down the line. Absolutely. Now they said and that would consume like, oh yeah, that probably right. oh yeah. Like like <laughs> honestly, hands down, I wouldn't even have to see a video. I'd be like, well dang, I guess I guess he did it again. <laughs> I I'm gonna agree. This is ridiculous. And the only reason and the guy didn't apologize, he issued apology through his lawyer, right? <laughs> After the video came out. And it's so sad. I forgot what they could. This guy's got to be a Karen, you know. He's and I'm I'm watching the video now as we speak, and it was a, a tons of he, a tons of people smacking him up before Donald came and broke up the fight. And so, <laughs> so he and it's it black and white, so I you can't really tell. But other than that, this guy's a fool. FYI, people, let me tell you a little secret. Every city block in America has a camera. Just look, look at the streetlights. Look around. And two, anything, any issue happen, somebody's going to record you. So the truth is going to come out. Stop the nonsense. Stop being dishonest and try to take advantage of people and their name. It's sad. You're going to get found out. So stop the nonsense. I'm glad this was read. Uh, this was the truth came out sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, Donald was put on the um, commissioner's list and lost money. Well, he gets still paid, but his reputation once again get damaged. Yes. But so... I'm glad this came out, worked out sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it did. And let me just give the listeners how, kind of how the events went down. This guy basically swung on um, Aaron. No, no, and, he's what he thought was Aaron. Oh, okay. So I think like the club goers thought that he may have hit Aaron and they jumped him, right? So it's like, oh, no, nah, you're not going to hit him. And it was Aaron that came to break up and pull people off of the accuser. So I was just like, man, I'm gonna need y'all to get your facts right. Like before you retain an attorney, that's a big L he suffered financially. Because before you retain your attorney, before he made these allegations, man, watch a video or two. He is nominated for fumble the bag. No, seriously. Like he fumbled his own bag. You know what I'm saying? Attorney's fees are not cheap. Trust me, I know. And you did all of this just to apologize. He's like Michael Rappaport number two. It's like, come on, man. Make sure you know what you're doing before you do it. I'm just tired, man. But but I'm glad my guy Aaron, 
you know, he's clear. Like, I really like this guy. So I was like, tag, man. <sighs> Another one bites the dust. This is a bad all season for NFL players. I'll just say that. It's a bad all season. So hopefully it gets better. We will see. But until next time. Aaron, if we're in the fight, don't, 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 don't fear. I won't sue you. Protect me. <laughs> right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time. <laughs>